I am Leslie Rowe. I'm on staff here at Denton North. I saw that we had a few people that I didn't recognize, so I wanted to be sure that you knew who this person standing up here was. Um, and we're glad that you're here with us this morning. We're glad that you're here with us this morning. Yeah, just you. No, I'm glad all of you are here. So we've been doing a um, sermon series on the Sabbath, and we've talked about stopping. We've talked a little bit about resting. We're going to do more on that. And we're also going to do delight and worship, the four different um, parts of the Sabbath. But this morning, I want to talk about Sabbath being communal. And I want to do that in three different ways. So I'm going to start by just kind of talking about community in general, like what is it and why is it important? And then I want to talk about it's always the right time to do good. And that may seem like it doesn't fit in with this, and I'm not sure it does, but it needed to come in here somewhere. And then the last part is how Sabbath is communal and what does that mean for Sabbath? So that's kind of how we're going to do this morning. So Jesus said the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And this doesn't change just because it's Sabbath. Sabbath is about loving God, loving others, and that is one of the things that makes Sabbath communal. There's nowhere you're going to find in Scripture where Jesus says it's okay to do good except for the Sabbath. And then you need to rest from doing good. That's not the kind of rest he's talking about. So the first section I want to talk about is community. Community is a gift. When we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we become members of his church. The Bible describes the church as the body of Christ, and Christians are members of that body. So if you profess Jesus as your Lord, whether you want to be or not, you are part of his church. We, though there's many of us, form one body, one church in Christ. Even if we don't like it, even if we confess Jesus as Lord and we say we don't want to be a part of his church, it's just not an option. We can say that we love God, but we don't love the church, but it doesn't change a thing. You're still a part of his church. God's relationship with us is personal, but it is not private. We're part of a family, and there are no only children in God's family. The Bible tells the story of how God works in the lives of people in community, not in isolation. So I want to read Psalms 133. This is what it says. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell in unity. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It would take me a bit to thoroughly explain that, so I'm going to do that in just a very short uh, time, and so I hope that it helps a little bit and doesn't confuse you. But when they're talking about the oil on the head, they're talking about the priestly anointing, and what he's saying is that we have warm 
priestly community, the brothers and sisters that are God's children. It's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. Again, dew is a fresh, expectant newness. And with our brothers and sisters, we expect that God is doing something in their lives. We expect that God is working in their lives just like he's working in ours. For the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. This was a song that people sung as they traveled the road to Jerusalem up to festival worship. So they're all going for the same purpose, traveling the same road, and pursuing a common goal, which is God's. Does that sound familiar to you? Isn't that what we're doing? Aren't we meeting together because we have a common purpose? We're walking a common path. We're trying to find God. We're being apprentices of Jesus, and we're doing that together. How much easier was it for those people to do that together? How much easier can it be for us to do that together, because I'm gonna make the point here in a minute that it's not always easy. How much safer? Somebody can wander off when you're by yourself and nobody notices when there's just you there. If you get lost, there's nobody to know you're lost. But when you're in community and you're doing this together, if somebody wanders off, people notice and they go try to find that person and bring them back. How much more fun is doing things together than doing things alone? It's a whole lot easier to wash the dishes when you're doing it with a friend. It's a whole lot more fun to bake cookies when you're doing it with a friend, and then you get to share in those cookies. That's even better. See, God made us members of his church, members of Christ's body, because he knew we needed each other. And so I want you to think for a minute what do you get from Christian community and what do you give to Christian community? Those two things. What do you get from Christian community and what do you give? See, community is beautiful, but it's also hard. The first community most of us experience is our family. For a lot of us, family is a gift. For some of us, not so much, so this is not going to be a perfect analogy. It's where we practice and learn life skills, we learn how to love, we learn commitment, we learn to forgive, we learn to resolve conflict, we learn responsibility, we practice generosity, and for some of us, it's where we first learn about Jesus and what it means to live for him. Jesus broadens the definition of family in Matthew 12. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied, who is my mother and who are my brothers? For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus was not saying here that our biological families are not important. That was not the point he was trying to make. The point that he was making is saying that our faith family is important. 
If God is our father and we are his children, then we are brothers and sisters. And what do brothers and sisters do? They fight. (laughs) Brothers and sisters fight. When Kurt was growing up, he had three brothers. When there was only one piece of chicken left, one of them would grab it and lick it so that nobody else would want it. See, they looked, <laughs> they looked at each other as rivals, not as teammates in that particular instance. I grew up with sisters, and there were three of us in only two bedrooms. So we rotated who got to be in the bedroom by themselves. But my middle sister figured out that if she was a big enough slob, me and my little sister would live together because we didn't want to live with her because she was such a slob. Even Jesus and his brothers had times where they didn't get along. The brothers didn't understand what Jesus was doing and they tried to drag him away from his ministry because they said he was crazy. How many times have you thought that about one of your brothers or sisters? They're just crazy. But do you know what else brothers and sisters do? They forgive, they work things out, they protect, they celebrate with you, they listen to your secrets, they cry with you, they laugh with you, they show up. Community is beautiful, but it's also hard. Because of this, you have to be committed to forgiveness and growth to live in healthy community. Okay, this is also going to be another analogy that's not perfect. But think about how hard some of the people you know that are married work at their marriage. Watermark Church in Dallas has an intense marriage program for couples who want to improve or to heal their marriages. They commit to coming to an open group at least six weeks to prove they're committed to improving in or healing their marriages. It is the answer to the question Jesus asked, do you want to get well? That's how they find out, do these couples really want to get well? And an open group means that you come into a big group like this of people, and then you break up into random groups with random leaders. After they've come for, sorry. After they've come for six weeks, then they can get on a list to be in a closed group. A closed group means that you have a specific leader and you have the same people in your group every time. And sometimes they have to wait six to eight weeks to have a leader for that group. And so during that six to eight weeks, they have to keep coming to open group, again, to show that they are committed. When they finally get into a closed group, Then they have homework each week. They have a group of people that they're committed to attendance-wise. They can't just randomly miss. And that lasts for four to six months. Marriage is hard work. Relationships are hard work. But scripture indicates that marriage is not eternal. Do you hear me on that? Scripture indicates that marriage is not eternal. However, being brothers and sisters in Christ is eternal. So maybe we should work as hard at having healthy relationships in our community 
as we do in our other important relationships. Maybe we should learn to fight for each other. Sometimes we have to fight with each other to fight for each other. Last week, sorry. why Siri, I'm not talking to you. She is recording my whole talk. <laughs> like it showed up on my, what I just said showed up on my watch. I may have to take her out. <laughs> um, at one of our last Sabbath meals, we were talking about what we were thankful for. Um, and I talked about how thankful I was for our DNC community. And I am thankful for the warm hugs that I get when I walk in on Sunday morning. I'm encouraged each week by each one of you as you show up and you love on each other and you do some little job around here that helps us get going. I want to kiss the person that brings the coffee in every week <laughs> because I almost always have a guest or a member that's asking me, when is the coffee gonna be here? I'm like, oh, praise God, you're here. Um, I am thankful for our praise team and the way they're so flexible with our sound and they walk in and there's no sound and they're like, okay, it's acapella today. And they do a great job with that. I'm thankful for the way that you sing with your voices when that happens, that we don't sit here and there's no energy and there's no hearing any singing, that we can hear each other singing with our hearts. I love watching our jam workers like Chelsea and Brad and Darby and Jessica and many others love on our children and how much our children love them. They run to them, they throw their arms around them. They love playing with them. I love that I can, I don't love this, let me, let me rephrase that. It is meaningful that when I hurt someone, that I can go to them and I can say I'm sorry and that they extend forgiveness to me. Um, I am thankful that they are willing to fight for our relationship by not giving up and leaving because they're mad because I did something wrong, which I do quite often. Yeah. I love that our community helps outside of this room here, that they serve people that they love people, that even when they don't know what to do, they try to do their best. I love that our community is here when people are sad, and we've had some sad times, and I'm glad that they're here when people are happy, when they're having babies, when they're getting married, when they're buying houses, when they're getting degrees, and that we can celebrate together. I could literally go on and on, but I'll stop there. I love our community. It's a gift to me, and I can't even do it justice talking about it in a minute or two. I wish I could go around to every one of you and tell you how important you are to this community. See, community is not a luxury. It is a spiritual necessity if we're gonna be apprentices of Jesus. I wanna read two things to you. The first one is a song 
Some of you may know Pigo Dickinson. He wrote this, and it's called Spiritual Feast, and it's going to tie in community with Sabbath being communal. There's a gathering that I can't miss, a family made up of the least, people of thanks and generosity. I'm on my way to a spiritual feast. The Lord provides for my every need every single day of the week, but there's something special when we all can meet. I'm on my way to a spiritual feast. I'm not ashamed to speak on the way. How do I know if someone is in need? Where I'm going, there's hope, joy, friendship, and peace. Come along, there's a spiritual feast. Jesus enthroned a piece of heaven in this city. It's not perfect, but we're working on it. Come along, there's a spiritual feast. Evening comes as does his work in the morning, but what a joy to be with the body. It's a work of art, now whole into parts, going out to be his hands and his feet. A glimpse of the kingdom, everything being redeemed. Things can try, but they can't compete. I'm looking forward to the spiritual feast. The Lord provides for my every need every single day of the week, but there's something special when we all can meet. I'm looking forward to our spiritual feast. And we're going to be talking about our Sabbath feast, which is also a spiritual feast, but this every week is also a spiritual feast, and I hope that you look forward to it because community is a gift. The second thing I want to read to you is just an encouragement and a challenge from Romans 12. I want you to listen for the one another, um, uh, the one another sentences in this passage. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live in peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. If we just did that last part that Paul tells us how to treat our enemies— we would have a good community. And if we were to treat each other like Jesus tells us to and love each other like he loves us, you wouldn't be able to keep people out. That needs to be our goal. Community was meant to be a gift. Second, there's never a wrong time to do good. 
The last few weeks, as we've talked about stop and rest in Sabbath, we've had some things like stopping work or chores, scripture reading, praying, walking, spending time alone with God, napping. And it might be easy for us to get the idea that Sabbath is all about me and my personal relationship with God. But Jesus, again, said that the greatest command is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And again, nowhere does he say, unless it's the Sabbath day, and then you can think only about yourself. As individualistic as our culture is, we tend to turn Sabbath inside out. We approach it individually when in the Bible, it's outward focused. In Mark 3, 1 through 6, it says this, Another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. I want you to think, for a second, if somebody in this room had cancer and Jesus was here and he could heal that person, but we or someone in this room said, we're not going to do that. Today is the Sabbath. We're not supposed to do any work. I don't think there are many of us in this room that you wouldn't be able to hold back if it was somebody that we knew and cared about someone in our community. Jesus looked at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. The Jews misunderstood the meaning of rest. Jesus goes on to say in another passage, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. There is never a wrong time to do good. So Jesus did not deny helping those who needed it on the Sabbath. He taught those who needed to be taught. He shared the good news with those who needed the good news. He healed those who needed to be healed. It's okay for us to help and serve others when needed on the Sabbath. Sabbath is best done in community. And one of the things I want you to hear about community and Sabbath is that obviously we're not gonna do all of Sabbath with community but we can do all of Sabbath with community in mind. We all hopefully will be doing Sabbath together, whether we're all in one physical place or not. We all can be thinking about each other and how we can be more um, loving and more forgiving and more kind. So it's not just about physically being together, but it is about part of it being physically together. So first, some ways to make Sabbath communal. 
And I'll post these on Mighty Networks, and I promise I will. I'm not always good about doing that when I say I will, but I promise I'll post these. Um, but these are not the best ideas. Like, these are mine, and I'm sure you have way better ideas anyway. But write notes of encouragement to each other on the Sabbath. Donate or volunteer to feed the poor. Visit the sick or lonely. Bake a treat for someone and then drop it off on their porch. Create something for a community member that reminds them of God's truth. Call a friend or family member. Meet a friend for coffee. Prepare for Sabbath together. Grab a friend and go out and buy your groceries and do the things that chores that you need to do before Sabbath. Do that together. Take a walk, take a walk or go to the playground with another family. Play board games with friends. Meet friends at the pool. And maybe what you need to do on those things is to give a time range. Like I'm going to be here from 10 to 12 if you want to join. That way, I know for me, one of the things that's really restful on Sabbath is not having anything on my agenda. And so you can still have communal time without having to be like, we've got to go at this particular time. Just give a time range and invite people to join. Read, listen to, discuss a book with your spouse or a friend. Encourage and hold each other accountable to keep Sabbath. Have a Sabbath meal with the same or different people each week. And that's what I want to talk about just for a few minutes is the Sabbath meal. Um, we've been doing Sabbath meals in our small groups. So I think we've done three now. Is that right? Two. Two? So we've done two now. And this is so that we can practice what a Sabbath meal looks like. Because meals are important in Scripture. Many important things in Jesus' ministry happened at a meal. Think about the Last Supper. Think about the wedding feast where he turned the water into wine. Think about the feeding of the 5,000. Think about Mary anointing Jesus' feet. There are so many examples of Jesus teaching at a meal or healing at a meal. Meals were an important part. And they were a space where sinners were welcome, as we see where Mary was anointing Jesus' feet, where disciples were taught, where hungry, broken, and tossed aside people came to see and recognize Jesus and experience his love. Meals offered a glimpse of the kingdom of God. And meals are inherently communal. We usually have a meal with someone else, with a, a family, if we're living with our family, with roommates, if we're living with roommates, with our children, if we have children. We eat and we drink and we talk and we laugh and we tell stories and we pray together. And this is part of Sabbath as well. When we've had Sabbath meals, kids have stayed up late and missed their bedtime because they're busy playing together. Plates and dishes have sat on the table until late at night while we had good conversation and fellowship. Too many times we think that talking, storytelling, and laughing are not spiritual practices. Because if we're going to be spiritual, we obviously need to be alone and in a quiet place. But if we look at Jesus' life, we see that what we do around the dinner table can also be spiritual. Indulging in delicious food, lively conversation is a way to practice Sabbath and a way to experience God's rest and a way to create space for God to transform us. 
Sabbath keeping is meant to be done in community. It's a time to join together, to remember others. It's a time to affirm who God is and who we are as his children. A time to stop, rest, delight, and worship together. I can't think of one instance, I'm not saying there might not be, I can't think of one instance in scripture where Jesus is alone on the Sabbath. He was at the synagogue, he was teaching, he was healing, he was telling stories, and he did many of those things at meals. And that's why we've been practicing these Sabbath meals together in our small groups. It's the most effective way and fun way, I would say, to keep Sabbath in community. So we all bring something to contribute to the meal. We give our worries, concerns, and our unfinished tasks to God. We light the candles to represent, observe, and remember. We feast, we laugh, we share what we're thankful for, and we're blessed by each other. Community is a gift. Sabbath is a gift. And it looks forward to the day that we, though many, will sit around God's table together for eternity. That's what communion is also a representation of. Communion is another meal that we take together. Revelation 7, 9 through 10 says this, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That is communal. That's communal worship. That's communal falling before the Lord. That's communal salvation. <laughs> salvation belongs to our God. There are two songs that speak of this. One is called the Song of the Ransomed. The other is called the Thrice Holy One. And I want to read you just a small portion of that. See the ransomed millions stand, palms of conquest in their hand. This before the throne their strain, hell is vanquished, death is slain. Blessing, honor, glory, might are the conqueror's native right. Thrones and powers before him fall, Lamb of God and Lord of all. That's what we're looking forward to forever. Holy, 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 all heaven's triumphant choir shall sing when the ransomed nations fall at the footstool of their king. Then shall saints and seraphim, hearts and voices, swell one hymn round the throne with full accord, holy, holy, holy Lord. When the ransomed nations fall, not when the ransomed DNC church falls, not when the ransomed Leslie falls before the Lord, but when the ransomed nations fall at the footstool of their king. Yeah. I hope that you'll choose to participate in the Sabbath feast where we as communities share food and drink in God's goodness. May conversations and laughter fill our households as grace and joy and salvation transform us through Sabbath rest. Yeah. And may we look forward to the day when every nation, tribe, people, and language will enter into Sabbath rest together 
for all eternity. Thank you, Leslie. Um, one thing I wanted to say, have you, have any, who, after we've asked so many times, who's actually watched some of The Chosen, the show, Chosen? Yes. Yes, proud. Yeah, the rest of you should feel ashamed of yourselves. Um, but there's an episode that we've watched so many times, and I love that Leslie referenced this in the song. Was it Psalm 118, is that what it was? Behold how good and how pleasing. Oh, Psalm 133. 133 in the hundreds where Jesus is hanging out with all these kids and he sings the song version of that where that's put to a tune and these kids know it well and they're singing it together. It's this little like sort of side quest or bottle episode, whatever you want to say, where Jesus is just hanging out with these kids who are like wondering what the heck he's doing in their town and stuff. And Ezra knows that song well, loves that episode. He'll be like, can we watch Jesus and the kids? And you just can watch it over and over. So. If you didn't care about Leslie or I or anybody else trying to get you to watch that show, at least Ezra, come on, you know? Ezra's like, please watch Jesus and the Kids. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, it's very, it's very sweet. So anyway, okay, a couple announcements, things to know about, ways to be involved in our community you do not want to miss. The first one is the men's breakfast. I think Devin and I just, just decided to overthrow the other dude and bump this one week to the 29th. So everything else will be the same. At the same time, we'll share the location, but just put on your calendar instead of 22nd, put July 29th. And um, it was gonna conflict with the first class of College of Ministry. We weren't really sure how many of us were gonna be in the College of Ministry class, and we'd have to miss men's breakfast, but we decided just to avoid the conflict anyway. So your dude, please come. Uh, students, non-students allowed. Uh, we'd love for you to be there. We get to break bread and hang out together and hear from one of our leaders. So. Please come to that. The next thing is the ladies' lunch. Ladies' lunch. Also had a date change. Let me see if it's yep, updated. That's next week. Um, after church at 2314 Jacqueline Street. That's uh, Darby Drew's house. So right after church, go that direction. I want to say it's going to be the same as usual, where it's BYO lunch. But I don't know. Has somebody made that decision yet? Okay, cool. Sweet. Bring your own lunch, and maybe there'll be some other things to eat that are shared. Cat hair. Um, oh, cat hair. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and, all right. Mm. Um, anyway, don't miss the ladies' lunch. Students, non-students, we'd love for you to be there. Please come. And um, the next thing is super exciting. It's the All Churches Swim Party. Wow. So this is a really, really fun event. We are part of a family of churches. Um, and if you uh, are newish here, we are the third one planted out of five churches in our family of churches around the DFW area. And um, this is a really cool event where once a year, we get to all be together and eat ice cream and swim and all that stuff. And this is happening pretty close to us in Lissville. Sometimes these events where we can find a pool is kind of further for us. So let's show up and yeah, be, so yeah. More. Yeah, then like, oh, sweet. All we had to do is make it a little closer to Denton, and then Denton just took over. Yes. So a yes. couple cool things. This is a, a great way to meet some people in our other churches. 
Um, and if you're somebody who has known people in other churches, or they were part of, they went to your school with you, and they transferred to a different school, and went to a different church, you can reunite with them, yeah. which is really cool too. So it's a little family reunion. So please put this on your calendar. Do not miss it. It's super fun. That Aquatic Center is like the best. It's got really cool slides. It's got you know tons of chairs and shade and all that stuff. So put it on your calendar. Bring some ice cream and snacks to share. Um, we go crazy on the ice cream. Okay, so bring some, bring your favorite. Some people make some. It used to be like a requirement to do homemade. And then, you know, a lot of us were like, we don't even know how to do that. We didn't even know you could do that. We didn't know it was legal to do that. Um, and, but some people still do it as the old tradition. And they have this, these amazing, whatever you call them, little home ice cream makers, uh, ice cream. And it's super good. So bring your own ice cream. If you can't make some, just give them a store, but then go eat somebody's homemade ice cream. Yes. And don't miss that. So anyway, please, 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 please don't miss this event. It's gonna be super fun. Yeah. The next thing yeah. is yeah. the next thing is giving. You can give a one-time donation or recurring donation at dentonorthchurch.com slash donate. You can also do that on Venmo at Denton North Church. This is to go to meet just the needs of being able to have church and do this thing together, as well as meeting the needs in our community, things that happen in uh, the lives of people in this room and also outside of our community in Denton, and to plan for what God wants us to do as a church and as a family of churches in the future, and as a part of his kingdom. So anyway, um, that's all the announcements I think. Anyone have one to add that I missed? Excellent. Kurt is gonna close us in some prayer. Yeah, Kurt. And I just wanna say, if you don't make homemade ice cream, which is the best, uh, Bluebell has a new monster cookie dough that looks pretty awesome, so bring that. So, anyway, I'm going to close this. I want to say a couple things about encouragement, just or, uh, the Sabbath, real quick. And we did, we, that was part of our Sabbath on Friday night, uh, was watching part of The Chosen. But there's a lot of things, you know, you just have to think outside the box and be creative. Um, um, and with the whole the Sabbath thing. I know uh, I am, you know, if you go back and look at the Mary and Martha story in the, in the Bible, I am Martha without hair, okay? So <laughs> anyway, I am a doer. I like to do, I like to get it going and keep going. And so the Sabbath thing is a little bit, has been a little bit hard to, to get going, but I'm trying. But so I just wanna encourage you that uh, we can all do it. We can all do this together communally. Um, just look for opportunities. Look for opportunities around your neighborhood, wherever you live. Look for opportunities with your church body. Um, I've had some really good Sabbath meals the last few weeks. Uh, some of you are really good cooks. So some of you do a really good job of going to the store and getting things too. But anyway, it all matters. So I just want to encourage you in that. Um, just, just hang in there. Keep going. Keep getting better at it. All right, let's, let's end with a prayer. God, I just want to thank you for Sabbath. Um, thank you for showing us how to do that. And Lord, help us in doing that. I know this is kind of a new, a newer concept for some of us in that uh, we haven't been doing this much of any the last many years, Lord. And uh, you know that it benefits us and uh, you know that it helps us a lot. So we just ask that you continue to shape us in this area and, and help us in this area to grow in you and help us as a church, Lord, and help us to help each other, help us to make it communal. Lord, we just have some prayers.
for our church body. Uh, we just pray um, that first that as we've talked about looking for ways that we can be light in our our communities, at our schools, and at our our job places, um, at our daily bread, and at MLK and other opportunities. Lord, we just pray that we um, think through those things. We pray for the Hausmans this week and um, the Smiths as they await the arrival of a couple new little ones. And we are so thankful for that, Lord, and we are so thankful to have little ones running around. And we just pray for those families as as they um, get ready to start another chapter of life with more kiddos. Uh, We pray for mothers and fathers-to-be as parents get ready to have, we have others that are getting ready to have children, and we pray for them. Uh, Lord, we pray for Joe this morning. He is, um, has an infection in his back from his surgery a couple weeks ago, and he's not feeling very good, so we just ask for healing for him, and we thank you for the medical staff that's taking care of him now. Lord, we love you, and thank you for loving us first and dying for us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. Have a good day. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.